Welcome, welcome, welcome to an, this edition of episode 105 of Folks Talking Sports. I am KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Joining me is colleagues Andy Yanez from Paws and Majama. How are you, sir? Doing good, Chris. How are you? Doing well. And Mr. Willie Gibson from the Ohio State University. How are you, sir? Doing well, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing well. We're going to have some fun. But as we do, Willie Gibson, Andy Yanez, where will Stanford go? We'll talk about it in 20 seconds. And we're back. All right, let's get right into it. We got an audience here. Corey Miller, a Coog. And a Buckeye. So I say, I think Corey's a Buckeye, man. Just saying. You know, the queen of, of the Houston Round Bar Review, Miss Wanda Polk, has chimed in as well. Salute to her for repping the, the Round Bar Review on Friday. Posted a picture of her wearing the red Round Bar Review shirt. I didn't have that on the show. Let me get a screen, uh, slide of that. But thank you, everybody, for chiming in. You can catch us on X at Folks Talk Sports. But Willie Gibson. Yes, sir. You're a, a Big Ten person from the Ohio State. Where will Stanford go, in your opinion, sir? Uh, the Big 20. And when will that take place, sir? It's a great question. I think now reports are, and I don't necessarily subscribe subscribe to this, but um, and I think your I think you, you guessed last Thursday on the on the lunch break, uh, Ms. Smith, was it? Yes, Michelle Smith. Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I have a lot of people think they're trying to get them on the cheap. I don't know if that's necessarily – I don't know if that's the case. I think when they come, it's just going to be the 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 similar deal that uh, Oregon and Washington got. Uh, Fox will bring that money to the table as, as they did for Oregon and Washington. Um, a third of what the uh, current members of the Big Ten will get in a TV deal. But I think that's eventually what's going to end up happening is that Cal and Stanford will come over – uh, 16 Big Ten West Division and make it the Big 20. Andy, in your opinion, where what will Stanford do? Logically, that makes all the sense in the world for the Big Ten to be able to to stamp that 16 division, the West Coast division. And ultimately, like Will said, it seems like that's been the, the plan all along when it came to Oregon and Washington. Those universities, they had one goal in mind, and that was to follow UCLA and USC to the Big Ten, and you'd imagine that for Stanford, that's their ultimate goal if they want to get into one of those quote-unquote Big Two conference because no other conference makes sense. All right, Brother Gibson with a great segue. Thank you, young man. You're a professional. I am. Uh, He was one of the folks who watched, one of the many folks who watched the lunch break this past Thursday on Roku and Facebook and Twitter and and Twitch and YouTube, etc., courtesy of JME and the BS3 Network. Here is a clip from my colleague Michelle Smith and her appearance on the lunch break. Check it out. What would you say is percentage, in your opinion, of Stanford deciding to go independent? 30%. I think it's a lot of, I think there's a lot they don't, they're not Notre Dame from a football perspective. Right. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get, NBC's not going to pay the kind of money it's paid for Notre Dame to, you know, play a football schedule, whatever. I don't know. I think it's still, you know, they're probably looking at the options, but I don't think it's more than 30%. It's a lot of, it's a lot of machination required to make that happen in a very short period of time. Then what do you say is percentage of them joining the Mountain West? I mean, based on, depending on how good the word is we're getting today, um, I'm going to say 60%. And then I got another 10% hanging out there for God knows what. Some sort of last minute lifeline from somebody. I don't know. I mean, you know, the other thing is, and I wonder, and knowing how much Fox played into the big 10 discussions, you know, is Fox just waiting for Stanford to be devalued to the point that they can bring them in at a bargain, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
let them flail around, let them figure out they got nowhere else to go. And then we'll invite them into the big, we'll invite Stanford and Cal into the big 10 at an incredibly reduced share and get them for cheap. I mean, it feels to me like strip in this conference for parts was the idea in the first place. So you get the last few. It looks few. like it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so you get the last few, you know, you get the last two big academic schools. You round it out to 20, you create a West Coast division, but you get them on the cheap because now they're desperate. I mean, that's kind of like, I wonder. Those are my wonderings. And would, in your scenario right there, would their share, Stanford and Cal share, be less than Oregon and Washington? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a garage sale at this point, right? I mean, like, I hate to say it like that, but that's where we are. Like, Stanford and Cal, they don't have leverage. True. There's no leverage for Stanford and Cal. Stanford's leverage might be we might go independent, and the Big Ten would say have a good time with that. And regarding the Mountain West, would it be Stanford, well, the smaller ones, Oregon State and Washington State joining the Mountain West? Or would it, it be would some be sort of everybody, I think all them? four join the Mountain West. Whether the Mountain West rebrands at that point, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, right? So if you, mm -hmm. if they, can put together the four teams and in from the what's left of the Pac-12, you know, it feels like maybe there's a rebranding to be done, but, you know, but it's not a power five conference. And I think that, you know, I think Stanford wants to play power five football. And it, in, in that really worst case scenario now, if they rebrand and are not a power five autonomy five conference, uh -huh. That's less payout. Yep. Mount, Mount West is like five million per school. Right. That's, oh, that's, it's I mean, financially, it's devastating. And I think particularly for Cal, I think Stanford has, you know, the alumni base to help support, although I don't see that happening moving forward without making some cuts. Those cuts that they talked about that they ended up pulling back because they got all those extra sports endowed. There's just nothing to. Um, you know, there's just not enough money then to protect the, the program. So, I don't know. It's a mess. It is. No, it is it there is are no happy answers or good pathways here for the last four teams left in the Pac-12. They are trying to do the best they can to find a home that works the best for them. But I, there are no ideal scenarios here. None. And let me remind everybody, you're watching the Houston Round Barbie takeover of the lunch break, powered by JMNE. Streaming live on Roku, courtesy of the BS3 Network. I am KD Chris Gardner, and joining me is a colleague, Michelle Smith. We met at a Women's Final Four a few years ago, mm -hmm. and we kept in touch over the years. And explain, let folks know a little bit about your background, and, and you touched on what you had to do now because of yeah. things you had to do way back when. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I've been covering the Pac-12 for about 30 years. I was at um, San Francisco Papers, both the Examiner and the Chronicle. I was on um, the, primarily my coverage has been around women's sports and women's college basketball for the last 30 years, but I spent seven years on the Stanford football beat. I covered Pac-12 football for AOL when they had a sports site called Fan House. I've done, I've just, I've been around the conference a really, really long time. So watching what's happened, I mean, honestly, it's, um, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It didn't. And I think that when you see the way it fell apart, it makes sense, but you still can't believe it actually happened. Like, that's the way I feel about it. I'm reading some of the, you know, I guess obituaries for lack of a better term. And I see how it happened and I still can't believe it happened. Andy, Andy is hearing her, hearing her say that. What are your thoughts? Those four schools, geez, the, the remaining Pac-12 schools, Pac-4 now, their options, it's, you, you hear the phrase making chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, what's the, it's kind of the inverse of that. Chicken I mean, feathers, this, the, chicken feathers. Chicken feathers, yeah, we'll go with, we'll go with chicken feathers, Chris. It is a, a scrapyard. I mean, the Mountain West Conference, boy, how the mighty have fallen. It's just it's real honestly it's unbelievable just that those are their options especially when obviously you're focusing on stanford but 
there really are no good alternatives. It's trying to make the best out of a very, very terrible situation. But but Andy, Will says the, the best alternative for them will be going to the Big 20. Yeah, that's the that's that certainly is the best case scenario. And like I mentioned earlier, that's what uh, Stanford and Cal would certainly hope, pray that it happens. But hearing her speak, she said 10 percent for everything else. And yep. specifically when it comes to the Big Ten, if the Big Ten doesn't come and save those schools and it certainly doesn't seem like it'll happen this summer or within the next few months, they're going to struggle for at the minimum at least one calendar year. And that impact for that year is certainly going to be felt at those programs. And Willie Gibson, why would Fox, after all this time, opt to give Stanford and Cal the same amount of money as Oregon and Washington? Well, it's again, it's a third what everybody else would get. I think that would be year one of the, the seven year deal. So at that point, it's between 75 and 80 million. So 30 million as opposed to 75 million. Uh, at that point, it's couch cushions, couch cushions for Fox at that point. So and they still have a, a they still carry a, a weight. I mean, Stanford and Cal AAU schools, Association of American Universities, so they carry that academic weight on the academic side. Their football programs aren't the best, but you look at non-revenue sports, Olympic sports, for that matter, they carry a huge, 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 huge weight. When it comes to that, now, will Fox care about that? They're looking at football, no, but they also are looking at the big picture. Again, that's a 16 West Coast division that they will have more options that they can view. They can put football in all four time slots, if you will, versus the four. It's going to be a bit of a challenge with four, but with six, that kind of alleviates any any pause or any issue that you would have with programming at that point. If I'm Oregon and Washington, why would I be okay with Stanford and Cal getting the same as us? At that point, you're looking at the situation. I don't think it's a situation at that point you're comparing. I think at that point it's like, we made it. We're getting more than we would have got had we stayed in the pack, whatever. I don't know if it's a situation at that point. Because again, as I said last week, Kevin Warren was was bundling these six schools together last year with USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and uh, Cal and Stanford. So these these conversations have been ongoing. Uh, we're just becoming privy to them. But I don't know that this is necessarily an issue of, you know, they get more than me or they get the same as me. I think at that point, everybody's happy that everyone got a soft landing spot. I'm going to be petty. I don't know. Because I, I, I see it. I see it. It must it 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 must be really really good to be Oliver Luck, to be uh, hired as a consultant for the reigning four members of the pack, to take to be paid to tell them common sense. Willie Gibson, Andy Yanez, Corey Miller, Wanda Polk. Anybody else watching us on YouTube or X? This meeting would be should be very brief. I'm Oliver Luck. Hell, I'm Chris Gard. He paid me the same thing. You gonna I give you the same thing. Stanford, what do I want to do? You want to go independent? Yes. Okay, guys. Stanford's going independent. Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. You either got Mountain West or the America. You pick. Thank you. Phone calls done. Make sure you have my wiry information correct. And send me the funds tomorrow. What the hell is that discuss? Stanford, Cal. The Big Ten was take you guys. Fox is willing to do it. Okay. Washington State, Oregon State. Stanford's gone. Cal's gone. Again, you got Mountain West or the American. You pick. One more time. You make sure you have my wiry information correct. Thank you very much for, for this TED Talk. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You got to hire somebody to give you that you should already know. 
it's it's nice to be the king. I mean, it really is nice to be the king because that's just wasting money. If you need to pay someone to tell me tell you something you already should know, I, I got to get into the consulting business, man. I mean, really, man, <laughs> man, brother Gibson, yes, sir, your fellow Buckeye. Ah, Corey, how'd you know? Um, are you going to apply for the job, really? AD at Ohio State? No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, it's the usual suspects. Um, first of all, kudos to Gene Smith. Um, the culture that he's built here in the last 18, well, it'll be 19 years, uh, when he leaves next year is 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 par excellence. So so shout out and kudos to, to Gene Smith and his program. Um, who's the next AD? Um, if you're asking me, it's going to be Martin Germain, the current AD at UCLA. Okay. Uh, you have a number of uh, protégés of, of Gene Smith, uh, Martin being one of them, uh, Heather Like at uh, Pitt, um, Diana Sabu, who's the uh, new athletic director at Utah State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as Trump. in last week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. As in last week, uh, how about timing for that, right? Because um, she's definitely in the mix, but with you know that's that's timing. Um, Pat Chun, Pat Chun at Washington State is a, a gene protege as well. Um, but of those names, and those are just in-house. Uh, ben J as well, but out of those, I think it's going to be Martin Jarman. Martin. He worked. Was he work? Did he work at Ohio State? Yeah, he worked at. Yeah. He was uh, James right hand man for seven years. Uh, Pat. All of those names I named worked at Ohio State under okay. Gene Smith. So it's all in the family at this point. So Andy, you know, you just got to keep grinding, man. If you want to become an AD at Ohio State, just at some point <laughs> in the future, put that on your list to become AD at Ohio State, or you just wait around, and become the VP of athletics here at Houston. You know, and. 10 15 years that'd be one of your goals andy to become a, a vp of athletics for a power five program no <laughs> no Chris. <laughs> no. all right be petty again 20 teams willie gibson 20 teams in one conference supposedly yeah. one conference yeah and it's football yeah. give me the schedule how often would you just break it down? Give me the schedule for what is it? How many conference games are the Big Ten? Nine? Uh, nine right now. It'll be nine. It'll be nine. Okay, so nine. So there's a chance you may not play what 12 other members or 11 other members in three years. Once, maybe once in three yeah. years. Yeah, if you yeah, if you want to do that, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I just put the schedule matrix together last month for UCLA and USC, and they now have to scrap that or tweak that to add now Oregon and Washington to that. So we're waiting on that. But yeah, pretty much. That's that's not even a that's not a conference, Will. I mean, I was thinking about this off the top of my shiny bald head a couple hours mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. NFL. You play the teams your division twice. Yep, six. Yep. So that's six. Yep. You play teams in a division of the other conference. That's four. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay, so that's ten. You got seven games left, right? Yep. yep. You play those seven within your conference, right? Mm, all seven. Not all um, of them. Not all, not all they play, seven. They play, play against one NFC division, so that's four games against the NFC. They play one team from each AFC division, so that is fifteen and sixteen. And now they play one additional game against another NFC opponent, so that's seventeen. So they play five more. So four in, in the conference opponent. So Correct. five within your conference plus six in your division. So 11 within your conference. conference. Mm-hmm. 11 out of 17. Yeah. Okay. That percentage, that ratio would still be higher than our scenarios of 
a 2018 Big Ten? If I can make it up right quick, what I what I foresee happening is it'll be a scenario where you and out of the nine games, you still play because there's no divisions. This is the last year for divisions. It's going to be just straight 20, top two, go to the conference championship. So if I had to look at it, and again, you're looking at it with Fox glasses on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Iowa. Let's just use Iowa because Ohio State would be easy. Let's just use Iowa. Okay. Iowa has a natural, um, a couple of natural rivalries, if you will, in the Big Ten. You have Wisconsin, you have Purdue. So those games will always be played. Out of the okay. nine, you're always going to play Iowa. You're always going to play Purdue. You're always going to play Wisconsin. So then you look at those teams, I can see playing a pretty standard current Big Ten schedule. And every now and again, you'll sprinkle in a Stanford or a Cal. Now, you look at Ohio State. Ohio State's definitely going to be going, going to be playing four of the six West Coast teams every year. Without question. Why do you say that? Why do I say that? Yes. Because you have Ohio State, USC. That's going to put eyeballs on the screen. You have Ohio State, UCLA. That's going to put eyeballs on the screen. Ohio State, Oregon. It's going to put eyeballs on the screen. Even Ohio State, Washington. is going to put eyeballs on the screen. If you don't want to put Washington in there, Ohio State, Stanford will put eyeballs on the screen. Even though Stanford is not the best football team right now, Ohio State alumni in the Bay Area is huge. Okay. So you put those four teams and you're – so that that's four for Ohio State that is six out of West. Then you're still going to play the team up north every year. You're still – now, Penn State could be a question at that point. Maybe you, you'll, you'll put in a, a Minnesota at that point. You'll put in an Iowa. You'll put in um, Rutgers, Maryland, because those are still – Substandard teams, but the DC market and the New York market. So what's that? That's the nine. That's how you get to your nine out with Ohio State. Then you look at a, a looking at non-conference for Ohio State starting uh what in twenty-five, Texas comes here, and twenty-seven, Alabama comes here. Um, and then subsequently in twenty-six, Ohio State goes to Texas, and then twenty-eight, Ohio State goes to Alabama. So that's pretty much how an Ohio State schedule would look in a revamped Big 20. And, okay, so how, when would Ohio State play the other teams in the Big 10? Would they ever? Yeah, the way they, well, the way the Matrix went last month is, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, the way the Matrix went last month is it would rotate every three years. Now, with addition of two, perhaps four teams, we shall see. I tell you, bigger the, the bigger the conference gets, the less you play the other members of your conference. Ah, yes, good old college football. The world revolves around you. Oh, but hold up. I got to say this, though. Yeah. They, they got a home and home with Oregon off the schedule that was scheduled, I think, for 2032 and 2033. Because now Oregon is a member school. It's now a conference game. So that home and home has to go away. It's no, no longer a need for it. And that same issue is being presented with the new expanding Big 12. Because I think, Andy, you know Ryan Monsu, go Cougs. Utah. Houston, Utah, and other opponents. Colorado. Are, are impacted with the new membership. So they got to reschedule some of those games that used to be non-conference or not conference games will be conference games. And they, so, they replaced it with a really good home and home. Yeah, the Cougs got Oklahoma. Oh. Uh, home and home. Uh, Oklahoma, home and home. And 24 um, and 28. 20, was it 20? Something like that. 20, correct. 20, yeah, 24 20, and 2028. Yeah. 20, yeah. oh, nice. All right. Before Andy has to leave in a few minutes, let him answer this question. What place do you think U.S. will be in the Big 12 at the end of the season for football, Mr. Giannis? Yeah, that's true, LSU in 2025. Top seven, top eight, top eight, top eight, top eight. 
So top half of the conference. In, in football? In football. Correct. Correct. In football. Those men's basketball would have been way higher. Okay. Top eight. So this is a 14-team conference. Top eight. Really? Yeah, really. Give me your Big 12 conference record for the Kooks. Uh, so nine conference games, right? Nine? Correct. So you got what? Do you, how you got it going? Five and four? So you made Miss Wanda happy. <laughs> Naveen West says Virginia, five wins. Texas Tech, Texas, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, five and four. I, I see two of those are losses already. That's just... Yeah. Okay. Do it again, Andy. Real quick. Say it again. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, okay. Texas, because of course you have to include Texas. The guarantee. Yeah, you got the guarantee right there. Correct. So yeah. Okay. Cincinnati and Texas Tech. All right. So Naveen says five and seven overall. So that that top that's lower than your five and four in conference play. Uh, well, if they're going five and seven, that means that they lost to one Rice. of the three in Rice, UTSA or uh, Sam and, uh, Houston. Sam Houston so. State. Yeah. So you got them five and four. So you got them going to a bowl for sure then. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I, they could get to bowl. Maybe I'm just being super optimistic. Oh, Tony, you know what that means, Tony. To go into a bowl, that means at least six wins. So that means Dana's going to be safe based on what I was told back at Football Media Day. So Tony, take it, up, take it up with Andy. <laughs> what are these bowls? What are these bowls you speak of? It's this is what it's folks go for outside of the ivory tower have to oh, deal with, you know, okay. what they aspire to to reach. Got uh, it. Chris Pesman wants he believes that the Cougs, a successful season for the Cougs in the first year in the Big 12 would be going to a bowl game. So, so typically six six that's six, six and six. Typically that's six and six. Six and six Chris, to a bowl game. Wow. What did they go last year? Eight and five. Eight and five. Eight and five. Yeah, eight and five. Yeah. Yeah, Corey. Buckeyes? Buckeyes? New York Six Bowl? Yeah, yeah, he must be talking about the Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's realistic. It might seem unrealistic here on August 13th. Yeah, because, yeah, it is unrealistic. We'll we'll keep talking about it, but no, that's fine. October 13th, October 13th. Tony with the 111. Tony with the 111. Yeah. One win against Texas. But Andy, in the final moments with you, how much negativity did you hear, read, see after the Cougs basketball team lost to the Australian national team? About 34 points. <laughs> I think I might have seen some comments talking about how they were, you know, lost in a lopsided fashion, but any anybody with context against the team that they played should not have complained whatsoever. They were playing against professional, not just professionals, they were playing against NBA players, grown men that have been playing for years, some more than a couple of years, some closer to a decade. To, to be honest, holding them under 100, obviously, it's, it's nothing, but rebounding by the turnovers, there's some... Silver linings there that for me it was impressive that they were able to more than hold their own against that Australia team. And of course they were gonna get you know blown out in that game. They're playing against NBA players, but there's some silver lining in it, and that was the only game they lost on their Australia trip. Yep. And Will. Yes. Some of the players. Patty Mills, mm. Josh Giddy, Joe Ingles, mm-hmm. Dante Exum. Matthew Della Vadova. I said it was Delhi on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. NBA, legit NBA players. Yeah. And in Josh Giddy, yeah. one of the rising young stars in the NBA. And Houston was only out rebounded by four. They beat them on the offensive boards. And then turnovers was 15 or 14, I think. Yeah. They, they couldn't stop them. So no overlap. shock there. Oh, no chance. <laughs> no, Kids against no chance. trying to stop NBA players. Right. And they didn't make shots. Dyson Daniels as well. They, they struggled to make threes. No shock there, <laughs> you know. But oh my gosh, some of you. Oh, see, I told you it's gonna be a long season. <coughs> I told you. I don't know what. Ali, Ali, you know, McF- Chris, hey. 
Naveen, I don't know. is a freshman. I don't know what you t- had expected this from Drake and his first, He's not even a full yeah. three months into the program. Yeah, I had zero expectations for Jacob McFarlane uh, this season at all. Jacob is—he's a twig. He's just a beanpole, and he's gained weight. And <laughs> he's still a beanpole. He played better. I saw the game this morning against the Australia Select team. He rolled his ankle late in the in the first half. Of, I want to say he either slipped on a wet spot, going for a rebound or whatever. But he rolled up his left ankle. He was helped to the bench. Helped to the locker room at halftime. He came back and played a little bit in the third quarter, and then he didn't play like the fourth quarter. But yeah, he's oh my goodness, he's so far. He is not ready at all to be an, a contributor. He is not JoJo Tugler. Okay, JoJo is part of the rotation. He's he's a freshman. They're they're counting on to get minutes. And happy to say, JoJo is a finalist for the Gavi Lewis Award. So you know. The committee got that right as well. And if you got to check out, man, thank you for your time. As always, how can folks find you on social media? Yes, sir. They can find me on X at Aonis underscore five. And, of course, they can subscribe to the YouTube channel pod, Slam Jamma on YouTube. Three weeks, I guess, officially under three weeks now until the Houston Cougars football team opens the regular season. The eight. Win season, I guess. Apparently, if they go five five wins and they they be they be UTSA, the twenty twenty three campaign, September two, uh, at home hosting UTSA. Questions will be answered that game, so we we shall see how U of H looks. But it may seem outlandish, Chris. That game will tell a lot, regardless of whether oh, that's it was not way off, off at all. No, it was no. way off, or if realistic but we shall see as always thank you chris for the platform will as well and i'll see you guys soon all right, all right man you take care thank you okay now that andy's gone i'll tell him that you know later on but yeah the season the tone will be set week one yeah. against utsa if they <laughs> lose that game like i Ooh. think they will and the wheels might fall off but you know yeah. we'll see we'll yeah. see about that Salute to him. Five wins in conference. That'd be great. First year in a new conference, like the Big 12, that's right. a winning record in conference play. How many, how many wins did they have in conference last year in the AAC? About that? Wow. Five, five or six. Okay. Y'all, y'all help me out on that because I don't knock. Well, no. It was more because they lost to uh, Texas Tech and Kansas non-conference. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> Which are now conference games. See, Andy got so that's going to read that. But yeah, Will. Yeah, man. Gotta love me, man. I, I had well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say names. Okay? okay. Okay. But I posted and I've said on this show that the Coons would lose by 30 to the Australian national team. I said that on this show. You did because the roster and <laughs> Because I saw the roster and had an idea of who's going to play, and the talent level is just just a huge difference in talent. Posted the final score. What an hour or so. And I, I hate to bring, I forgot to bring this up with Andy, but we'll talk talk about it. Me and you, these final moments on folks talking sports. Yep. I posted the box score and salute to UH men's basketball communications. Will. They had all four games, had post-game comments from Coach Sampson on video. Nice. On YouTube, as well as on the Coop website. Nice. They renamed the YouTube channel from U8 Content Solutions back to Houston Athletics, which we had talked about on this show for a long time for branding purposes. So they got that right as well. So I don't know if it was just a move. The calendar going to July 1st and being enrolled, being involved with the Big 12, they're like, hey, we need to change things up. I don't know what it was, but right. so good things there. But Will and everybody, Naveen, D Skills, Miss Wanda, I posted the final score of the loss to the Australian national team. I had a, I got a call from a colleague, from a colleague within minutes. Hey, is the are the Cougars that bad? 
or is Australia that good? And I was like, Australia is a third-ranked team in the world. Right. <laughs> and they got a whole bunch of good NBA players. Oh, so was it a bad loss? No, not at all. So a colleague wow. had questions about the score and the margin. So no shock that some fans were, were jumping out of off of rooftops. Right. Stuff, That's but, crazy. I mean, you know, it, I have the clip, Coach Sampson, and maybe hit, I'll put a spin on like this, Will. Mm. Maybe it's just not enough folks yet follow the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel because I posted a clip of Coach Sampson saying that after practice, like two weeks ago, that he would love to see the Cougs play the national team four times because be beneficial to get beat on four times in the he summer. Did. Yes, he did. <laughs> so he said that himself. It's not just me. <laughs> the head man himself said it. Yes, he did. So <laughs> I don't know. And maybe this is well, and it was all secret because that was the one game, as I yeah. said here on FTS and other platforms, lunch break as well. Yeah. The one game of the four that would not be streamed because the Aussie national team did not want to have any scouting info for their opponents for the upcoming FIBA World Cup. So their box score was bare. No yeah. players listed, just nothing from an Australian team. You got the score, and I think their shooting numbers. That was it. That was all they gave out. Other folks, man, Chris, you see what happened to the what happened to the Cougs in that game? Man? Come on, man! You're <laughs> professionals, NBA professionals, yeah, because right. the con the contrast the contrast was their next game was against uh, a team from the NBL mm -hmm. yeah. lower division, and these are pros as well. Yeah. Cougs put a buck on them. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. It's like 109 with a 64, something like that. But their leading score coming into the game is 38 years old, Will. Wow. So 38, 38, 31, 27, 24, 29, things like that. So they're older dudes too. Yeah. Those are like dudes you, you play at, at the Y. <laughs> okay. Not dudes you play in the NBA. Right. So a contrast in, in talent level right there. But the whole purpose of the trip was practice time for the team to get in those 10 practices to see the world, see the Australia Opera House, the Great Barrier Reef, learn about a different culture, and then, oh, oh by the way, play some games too. <laughs> you know, And they, it was part of their they got course credit for it as well for the trip. Yeah. So that was the, the takeaway for all this, folks. So come on. I mean, really, relax. <laughs> and it's August, Will. It's right. August. Right. Man, oh, it's, my goodness, man. I love it. Fan is short for fanatic. I indeed. <laughs> indeed. And it was funny. No, no, not funny. Ironic. The first two games, Cougs did not shoot well from three. One person commented, boy, this team just can't shoot well from three. I mean, this, they just can't. They got no three-point shooters. Wow. In the game, they scored 109. They were like 15 from 32 from three. No comment from that person. No, <laughs> Didn't hear from that person regarding the three-point shooting. Oh, mm -hmm. man. Oh, boy. But, yep. Yeah, hey, I'm not a fan. I cover the team. I'm objective. Speaking of objectivity, I'm not sure about this one yet. Mm. Where I think the Cougs will finish in conference play. Not first. I'm not picking up first. I think Kansas will do what KU does in conference play. I think the Cougs could lose five, six, seven times in conference play and still be good. You know? And the sky would not be falling. It'd still be good if they lost five, six times in conference play. That'd be okay too. But man. <laughs> oh boy. But oh yeah, I want to bring I want to bring it up because Tiger fans, Coos living rent free, will rent free in Memphis fans' heads. Where is it? What? Where is it? Where is it? I just I know Corey said it. Oh, here it is. Rent free. 
Grand Prix. Wow. They saw that box score. I told y'all you ace wasn't ready for the Big 12. I told. <laughs> why do hey, why do you care? Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's not your team. Right. So why are you still keeping up with the Cougs? And again, the Australian national team is ranked third in the entire world. Memphis, not ranked third in the world. Houston, I ranked third in the world. And this is like a day or so after. I don't remember the final score, but I know that the Bahamian national team beat Kansas. Team with Buddy Hill, Eric Gordon, DeAndre Aiden. They beat Kansas. Yeah. Ending Kansas international winning streak. Oh, oh. I didn't hear anything about that. Zero. Right. Nothing. Fans, fans are fans. I tell you, you know, (laughs) I get a kick out of it, but then some of the comments got personal and I was like, yeah, let me, let me turn this off. Y'all, this is August. Man, y'all getting upset about games that don't mean anything in August. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Alan, how you doing? So, yeah, so they lost to the Bahamas. Well, well, I don't think the Bahamas are ranked top 10 in the world. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think they're so. ranked top 30 in the world, but they mm-hmm. beat KU, right? Go right. figure that. You have a team of good with a few NBA players, good NBA players, they're better than a college team. Ooh, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> Shock. I'm, yeah. I'm really shocked about that, brother hmm. Gibson. Do you watch any of the Hall of Fame, the basketball Hall of Fame? I did, man. I watched all of it. What are your thoughts on it? I did not watch any of it, by the way, but what are your thoughts on it? Oh, yeah. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal presentation. D-Wade, I mean, he he he, he sealed it at the end with his pops. I don't know if you saw. But he said it one with his pops. How uh, he popped the thought. It had the same dream. They had the exact same name. Pops joined me on stage. We take our steps in the basketball heaven. And then, uh, you know, he gave major props to AI. AI was his presenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gave major props to AI. And that, I had, I had a conversation with a friend of mine today, and that was huge. That was huge for me because AI gets hammered. I mean, AI, as D Wade said, is the culture. He's the cornrows, the rag, the arm sleeve. D Wade wore an arm sleeve his whole career because of AI. He wore the number three because of AI. And AI took a lot of shots for being AI, being himself, mm-hmm. not conforming, yes. not fitting into the, the corporate box that the league wanted him to. And because of that, he allowed a lot of other future players to do the same. Yes. And it was great to see D Wade on that platform, on that stage figuratively and literally give him his flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was huge. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki's speech was great. Uh, Greg Popovich had a phenomenal speech. Everybody had a, I mean, I'm going to sit up here and say these names and, and, and imply that others didn't, but um, it was great to see the 76 U.S. Women's Olympic team get inducted yes. as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and Myers, Drysdale, and Nancy Lieberman were individually inducted previously, but to have that team inducted was was huge. Um, uh, the Division Three coach at Amherst College, David Hickson. I mean, I'm saying he's a, I said his name because you think one thing that was shocking though. I thought Gene Cady was already in the Hall of Fame. I did too. That was crazy. <laughs> I did too. To me. I'm watching it. And I'm like, wait a minute, Gene Cady not in the Hall of Fame? Like. That's crazy to me. But, yeah. So it was good. Great, 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 great. Uh, you know, it had a chance to see them at the men's Final Four in Houston. That's when they had their first press conferences about being the inductees and seeing everybody on the dais give their comments. And that's when I really, it clicked in my head that Gene Katie was not in the Hall of Fame prior. I was like, oh, he was he's not. I was like, wow. <laughs> but, yeah. So, Coach Gary Blair, yeah. Hall of Fame. I've known Coach a long time. Becky Hammond. Yep. Becky Hammond, 
at Colorado State, went played to see Rice was in the whack. Both those schools in the whack together. So, so she came to Ace Town long, long time ago okay. in college. And she even participated in a women's spring league for the Colorado Chill. Mm. And uh, the Houston team name was the Houston Stealth. They played their games at Rice. So that's where, and I was the media director for the Houston Stealth. Okay. So that's when I got to see Becky Hammond up close. So law, so I, I got some ties to some of those folks. So it was cool. But Saturday I was at Delmar Fieldhouse okay. because Houston Independent School District had their Hall of Honor ceremony. And they had a stellar class. This is the third year of it, HISD, as far as I'm concerned, the HISD, not Humble. Humble. When I was growing up, it was only one HISD in Houston. It was the Houston Independent School District. Somewhere along the line, Humble, I guess, pitched a fit. And now you have to say Houston ISD or Humble ISD. And yes, it's Humble, not Humble. It's capital H-U-M-B-L-E, Humble ISD. And that's, the, that's the town. Not the, the word, you know, the adjective, whatever. I'm like, all right, all right. But I know as a product, as a proud product of Houston ISD, SP Waldship High School, class of 1990, the greatest class in the history of the high school. It's a fact. Not just me saying it. It's a fact. And I mean that seriously because it's the most, we had the most 4.0 plus GPAs in our class in the history of Waldorf High School. That's a fact. How many other than you? How, how many joined? 21. 21 plus you? me, so 22. That. Yes. That. But Madison Marlins High School basketball team of 85 was 40 and 0. Won state championship. They were honored yesterday. 40 high school games? Yes. 40 and 0. Yep. Wow. In 1985. Okay. Wow. okay. So that's 40 years ago. Yeah, 40 and 0. Wow. They were the the first no pass, no play team. That was like the first year HISD says, you know, you don't have a GPA of whatever, 2.0, you can't participate in athletics, high school athletics. Wow. So, yeah. And that school, that team had eight Division One players. Wow. So there was the first really legit well, of the modern era HISD basketball champions. So they were honored. Sydney Colson from Westside High School, Texas A&M, Las Vegas Aces. She was in one of the inductees. I saw her play in high school. Her dad was there to give her induction speech because, you know, Sid's in WNBA who put the Aces now. But just seeing a whole bunch of people either I grew up with, Greg Height. Oh, wow. Greg Height was inducted yesterday. And folks, I know Greg Height wasn't an All-American in high school. He was one of the first Mickey D's All-Americans from Houston. Oh, wow. And so, yep. So he was, I would get, oh, how can I say, how can I phrase this? Well, the 85 Madison team looked like us. Okay. Okay. Greg Kite was like the 78, 79 Madison team. Same high school. Okay. Looked like Greg Kite. Okay. So in the span of six years, it, it went from looking like Greg Kite, looking like us in just Got six it. years. Got so the neighborhood changed in a short amount of time. Wow. But salute to everyone who made it happen. Um, HSD, AD, Andre Walker, I believe his name, put it together. Well run. My man, Nate Griffin, was the MC. Nate's invited me to be on this show in the morning show. He emceed it, so it was really great to see a lot of folks hadn't seen in a while. So that was an awesome ceremony. So Hall of Fame was there. And earlier in the day, well, and this mm-hmm. is why I'm, I'm stiffening season because I spent all my morning time on grass at Rice Stadium. Watching the football team scrimmage. Okay. Well, it's hot. Man, it's 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 hot. It's hot in Houston in the morning. Well, it it was probably 90 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning. Wow. <laughs> you know, they were scrimmaging. We were out there for like three hours. And you know, I'm regular clothes. Right. They're in pads, and I'm just like, whoo. <laughs> Salute right. to y'all, man. Y'all better than, y'all better shape than me, man. Cause God. I was on grass, not the indoor bubble. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, man. But yeah, salute to them. Rice had their scrimmage. I think Miss Wanda, Miss Wanda Polk is, she's a big wig, Willie Gibson. 
Okay. She's part of the UH 46ers club for the football alums at UH that helped uh, with money investing in the football program. She's they one of had, the FOPs. She's a friend yes, of the program. She's a friend of the program, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. the 46ers had a view party, viewing party of the football team at UH yesterday. Okay. And it was in the inside in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so good for them. They're gonna have a fan appreciation day, Will. UH nice. football will have one next next Saturday on the ninth. It's coming Saturday on the 19th. I think at 11. Inside. Thank goodness. That's, that's yeah. smart. Because <laughs> man, it'll be like the 20th day in a row of 100 degrees plus in H Town. Wow. But all right. Mr. Tran, thank you very much. Ooh, class of 2016. Poor Ben Travis. Oh, Naveen, that's not HISD. That's where everybody started moving out to is in the suburbs. <laughs> you know, so I left the city. But yep, Fort Ben Travis won the state there with Aaron and Andrew Harrison. Okay. And I think Aaron Harrison was the was it Aaron? I think Aaron Harrison was the second winner of the Gavi Lewis Award going to the top boys high school player in Raider Houston. Okay. So it's all around there. <clears throat> and D skills, I'm gonna see uh, D skills. I don't think he's gonna go to the Houston, Texas, excuse me, the Houston Rice football game, but I'll be there for that. So curious to see how many people attend the game. But yeah, it's hot. Renovation go, come along nicely. Rice is spending some of that AAC money, Will. Oh. <laughs> Fair um, enough. It's more than you get in Conference USA. I mean, right. that's, that's right. real talk right there. But it's like one-tenth what you get from the Big Ten, but it's, it's still more than what they had before. Oh, of course. You got a lot. Brother Gibson. Yes, sir. You got an, oh, Corey had a question. Let me Please. put it up here. Corey's question was about facing the team up north, mm-hmm. rescheduling. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, again, that, that comes with the, the the expanded conference. I mean, and the no divisions. Um, I, I don't. I understand this. I understand the premise, and I understand why he says it. Um. I don't know that it'll happen because you got to look the likelihood now, especially with the 18 teams seem to be 20. How likely will it be that Ohio State, Michigan are going to be one, two, one into that game? How, how likely will it be that Michigan will be in the top two going into that game? I'll say it. Um, especially and, considering this would be Jim Harbaugh's last year. I was going to say that. You saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Corey. Yeah, yeah. How, how ironic that is. Fourth day suspension just is table. That yep. tells me he won't be around next year. Yeah, agreed. He's flirted every year he's been at Michigan going back. And for them to, I don't know how he convinced them, but yeah, he won't be around next year. Oh, and let me let me say this to Mr. Trent, who chimed in in the latter part of the show. Oliver Luck is stealing money. <laughs> he is stealing consultant money. Train. If, if they give it to you, stealing, are you sticking them up? Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's a stick yeah. up. Yeah, because they up. are giving it to him. So I mean, hey, yeah. it's like I say about pro salaries. If somebody going to offer it, yeah. they going to take it. Without question. So uh, kudos to Oliver Luck for for taking it. You know, he probably I, I'd imagine Oliver would be like. Took the phone call. These teams gonna pay me for giving them c- common sense advice. Oh, can I say this? Yes, please do. Back to Corey, he mentioned Ryan Day comments, and I just uh, Ryan Day has a press conference tomorrow. Uh, the, the significance of that is Ryan Day typically speaks on Wednesday, and they moved his Wednesday comments to Monday. And re- assumptions are that he's going to name his starting quarterback tomorrow, and all indications that it will be. Uh, junior uh, Kyle McCord from okay. outside of suburban Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There's another player uh, from suburban Pennsylvania on, on Ohio State's team as well, um, a receiver, uh, number 18, Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave that there. I'll just leave that there. These skills got jokes. Wow. 
Yeah, wake him up though. He said he could he dream. Yeah, don't let him sleep. Yeah, I mean, Coach Harbaugh, his next job will be in the NFL. Yeah. I don't see him, you know, slumming, and that's what it would be to come to Houston. Big 12 or not, still, no. Yeah, yeah, Kyle McCord probably will be the – he'll pretty much be named the starter tomorrow. They went through the first week and a half of camp. Well, yeah, and it's pretty much a done deal. So, Kyle McCord. See, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Jeff Trailer, coach the Cougars, than, than uh, Harbaugh. So maybe that, maybe after UTSA beats the Cougs in the season opener, it'll open up the eyes of some folks. You know what? Maybe we need to hire that man <laughs> to coach our program going forward. That's a dream, right, Tony M? That's a big dream that Dana will be fired at the end of this season. Even though, folks, you know, I heard it at Big Twelve. Football media day that Dana doesn't win five games that he'll be gone. Five games total or five games in the conference? Total. That's a low bar, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't believe it. Okay. I don't believe it. You know, I mean, he, he's got a good friend. You know, Tillman is, <laughs> I mean, that's just real talk. So. Oh, if it's Sunday, I got to throw this in. If it's Sunday, that means Ohio State signed another player. Yeah, what you got, Corey? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it's November 11th, night game against Michigan State in the shoe. Uh, the gray out, if you will. Um, the all grays with the scarlet numbers. Um, I like them a lot. And that's, that's, that's the name of the game right now. you got recruits. I guarantee you every recruit in the next two recruiting classes will be on the sideline for that game to see the alternate gray uniforms. And uh, – I mean, that's the name of the game right now. You want to, you got to get kids, you got to get in front of kids and let them see these are the types of things we're doing at Ohio State. We have the alternate uniform. They're wearing once a year at home. Typically, it's the team up north game this year that games uh, up north. And so this year, the Michigan State game at night will be the alternate uniform game. But speaking of that, Ohio State did sign or a recruit did commit today. Um, Jeremiah McClellan, six foot one ninety receiver from, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that that means we'll be yeah we'll be yeah okay um yeah. six foot hundred and ninety pound receiver from uh, St Louis the number four right player in Missouri uh, committed to Ohio State today from uh, Christian Brothers High School right outside uh, uh, St Louis. Mister Gibson, if that happens. That'd be three years in a row, right? It will be three in a row. And would that result in a new head coach? <laughs> well, Ryan Day's entered his fifth season. He's 45 and six. Two of those six losses are to the team of North. If he makes it three, uh, how hot is it in Houston? Feels like temperatures like 115, 116, 117, 118. It'll be hotter in Columbus in November. I tell you, man could be at that point <clears throat> 55 and six or whatever and lose to the team of North for the third in row to go to 55 and seven, 55 and seven, and could be unemployed. And mind <laughs> you, there's new AD coming to town. Oh, yeah. And Gene and Ryan Day are like this. <clears throat> Do I want to hire Mac Rhodes from Baylor? Hmm. <laughs> We good. <laughs> we good. Yeah, it's right. pretty much a done deal to me. I I don't. I'm just Martin Jarman is is the name. You know, Pat Chung is the name. I, well, I, I mentioned the names earlier, but if it's yeah. me, it's uh, it's Martin Jarman. This is a Houston Round Bar Review mug. Yep. I'm expecting my new folks talking sports mug to arrive on Monday. The first one arrived, handle was broken, so I requested a reorder. I should be getting, be getting that August 14th, so I will be sporting that mug on future FTS shows and I encourage everyone to either get you an FTS mug, a round bar of you mug, or a round bar of you shirt, tank top, whatever. Click on that shop button. Video, that button appears, I think, for live stream shows or the view product button as well. 
So we're going to wrap it up on that hour timeline. So Willie Gibson, going to give you the big screen as soon as I get your info here. You got it, my man. How can folks follow you? I appreciate you. So you can always follow me. I'm still old school. I'll call me a contrarian, but it, on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Will Gibson 7 and uh, Facebook on uh, at Will Knows. And I am, let's just do that. ID Threads and TikTok, Houston Round Bar Review. Slowly but surely getting off of X. And also now have IGN threads for folks talking sports. It's a few weeks old, so follow the show for content there. Football content, more than just basketball content on IGN threads at folks talking sports. Bring my man back. I do it right. There we go. For Mr. Willie Gibson, thank you very much as always for your content and your insight. To Miss Wanda, Naveen, Tran, Corey Miller, Tony M, D Skills, everyone watching us who participated in the conversation on this episode 105 of Folks Talking Sports. Thank you very much. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the channel at Houston Round Bar Review. Until next Sunday, Brother Gibson. Uh, yeah, I'm good. All yep. right. Until next Sunday, everybody. Take care. Last thing since 1994. The Houston Round Bar Review, local name, global perspective. I'll take care. Peace.